I'm Susie Anetta, Editor-in-Chief of Design Anthology. In this episode of the podcast, I'm chatting with Han Wai, who's based in Singapore, and Francesca Lancevecchia, who's based in Pavia in northern Italy. Together, they are Lancevecchia Wai. Francesca and Hun, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Thanks for having us. It's a pleasure. I wanted to start out actually at the very beginning and ask you both what age you were when you each decided that you wanted to study design and follow in that path for your careers. Uh, I guess I would say it was back in high school, back in high school, but uh, in Singapore there wasn't a bachelor's degree offering of uh, design yet, right? So um, my parents, my relatives, I mean, who are not in a creative industry, you know, doctors and engineers and bankers and stuff like that, uh, they said, "Oh, yeah, you're so artistic. You should you should be an architect." You know, so so uh, that that was my goal after high school, like to go to to the National University of Singapore's uh, architecture program, and then when I got my my A level results, right, um, there's this prospectus that came with the results from NUS, and oh, we have a new course. It's called industrial design, and then I had no one to ask again, right, because no relatives or, or, or such, and um, and uh, I just asked my uncle, said, hey, uh, what do you think of this? And he said like, oh, it's got, you know, it's got some engineering in it. It's got um, some art and design in it, you know. It's even it has has some business development inside it. So it seems like a good mix. Yeah, go for it. So just got on that, and uh, two thousand one, I started my um, my bachelor's program at the National University of Singapore in industrial design, and that was that. <laughs> mm, yeah. Okay, yeah, you were one of the the first sort of pioneers in Singapore then. And what about you, Francesca? And um, for me, actually, my dream as a kid was to to be a, a to become an artist. But uh, in my family, there's a series of doomed artists. Uh, the uh, cousin <laughs> of my mom was uh, Piero Manzoni. He died at the age of 30 years old, and it unfortunately it happened exactly the same to my my cousin uh, Pippa Bacca who passed away during a art performance uh, um, that was driving her throughout Europe and uh, dressed as a, as a bride. And uh, my family was really against art to a certain extent. I don't think because they, they think artists are doomed, but uh, uh, they all wanted me to do something serious. And uh, so as I was trying to subscribe to, to Brera, to the, to the art school uh, in Milano, uh, my family told me, we're never going to support you in that. You should be a doctor, uh, which is uh, what both my mom and, and, and my father are into. And uh, so I found uh, design as, a, as, a, as a, um, a, a way, something that could uh, join both my, my urge to do something creative and their need for me to do a real university, not uh, 
not getting lost uh, in the art, uh, um, fancy and, 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 uh, and funny word. Um, but eventually it proved to be really the, the right uh, road for me um, because it disciplined my, my creativity and uh, it also gave me an aim to, to, to use creativity for the others. And uh, I think it was, it was the, right, uh, the right school, the right university to choose. So I decided first to go to Politecnico in Milano and uh, I have to confess uh, at first I suffered the, the very scientific, uh, um, scientific direction that the school has, uh, but eventually everything is coming back. So uh, after Design Academy in Eindhoven, uh, which is for sure uh, as a more uh, creative and artistic uh, and conceptual approach to design, uh, I have to say that both schools are today present in our daily practice in the studio. So. Mm, that's interesting. And the two of you met while at the Academy Eindhoven, is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So that was postgraduate studies. Yeah, it was a master, yeah, a master in conceptual design and context. And I think we were both driven to, to, to Holland, to Netherlands, uh, because of the, the freshness of their view on design. And what about the school in particular? I mean, it obviously has such a, you know, a powerful reputation these days, but what was it about their program particularly that drew you both to that school? Do you remember? I, I think back then I needed, uh, I felt the urge to, to get my hands dirty, to, to, to really get to, to do projects that were meaningful to me to another level, not just giving shape to something. And, um, and it, it seemed the right place to be uh, because of like uh, all these uh, very energetic crowds of uh, young designers and galleries and uh, new brands that were pushing out uh, objects that were not just uh, functional objects, but objects that were telling stories. Um, so uh, it was really exciting to be there. Um, we were a, a huge class uh, of uh, more than 20 different nationalities and uh, it, it became a sort of a extended family of, of creatives. Uh, it has been a, a, a two wonderful years there. So, so for, for us, I mean, obviously the, the, the syllabus in this part of the world is more driven towards the industry, right? So like um, the, end, the end goal for a lot of my friends, even myself back then was, was to become like a, you know, a designer for BMW or to design um, uh, consumer electronics, you know, like hardcore stuff like that. Um, but I, I, I think back then the, the design press, which came in the form of like, you know, like frame magazine back in the day and wallpaper and all that, uh, they, they, they really spoke a lot about um, Droch design, um, the Dutch design uh, 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 style, right? And, and that was super refreshing for, for you know, a 20, early 20-something-year-old 20 design students. Like, oh, wow, you know, I never knew that, uh, that wine glasses could become like a doorbell, you know, um, or, or, or design by process where you just hammer the... The, the, the sheet metal cube into a comfortable seat with a sledgehammer that comes with the piece when you buy it, you know? So it, it just kind of like questioned the different, or not, not really question, but also expanded the definitions of, of, of what design could be and like, 
we found out that oh, you know, the highest Barker, who is one of the co-founders of of, of Droke Design, together with uh, Rani Rani Ramakus, uh, they they were the um, I mean, highest highest was the was the founder and also the the, the director of the course. And it's like wow, that's that's really cool. And um, yeah, I, I guess back then when 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 you're young, impressionable, and 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 also kind of uh, free of liability. Uh, you just kind of like okay, let's do a masters. Why not? You know, <laughs> and, <laughs> and you went there, and it's, and it's, it's completely. I mean, from being in Europe, I, I I think that's that's quite a nice. I mean, Italian and Dutch culture, of course, very different. But I mean, from Singaporean to Dutch culture, there was a quite a quite a leap forward in terms of, uh, or even an expansion of of the mind. You know, not only design but also art and and, and culture and and ways of living and, and and ways of thinking. You know, so so I I, I think. The school is, the school exists because the the, the, the creative culture of, of the Netherlands exists. So, I I think when we were there, we were also kind of um, absorbing all of that. Like, oh wow, life is not just about this and that. Based on in my culture, you know, it can also be it could be open to any kind of interpretation. And, and I think that's the beautiful thing about the the Dutch creative spirit. Mm. I have I have to to say in many many cases I consider that more of a school of life than than a school of design. Uh, it's really <laughs> where yeah. we get to 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 understand uh, who we are, like deeply who we are through making. Uh, we were kind of left uh, very lonely in the design <laughs> process, and and uh, the critiques were very harsh. Uh, I sometimes um, think think they they it, it, it's a, was a sort of uh, actor studio, you know, like uh, many people didn't make it till the end, uh, but was a, a very very energizing and beautiful time in life for us. There's no such thing as like um, module points that you accumulate so that you would pass, even if you had a mediocre uh, graduation piece, you you could still fail at the last examination. And you'll be out of the course. Oh wow, that does seem hard. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So, so, so we, we we've had seniors and also you know um, uh, our classmates who have set up you know the, the the final project in the exhibition hall right before the final thesis presentation, and then they flung the presentation, and then immediately they asked to clear out their stuff from the exhibition hall. Wow. <laughs> That's yeah, pretty it full really, on. really. <laughs> It's, it's pretty full on, you know, so, so yeah, yeah. And so I'm curious to know, like, how soon after meeting, you know, in that program, did the two of you decide that you wanted to kind of work together in some kind of collaborative studio after graduation? Like, when did Lance Vecchia Y become an idea? I think it maturated over... Mm, some beers uh, in several <laughs> times <laughs> during the year. Um, what what we discovered in Eindhoven was that we needed to feed ourselves uh, with uh, with other culture. We we wanted to to keep curious and keep traveling around the world, and that's uh, that's a DNA that uh, both me and Han shared uh, since day one and started to dream upon. We started to dream upon a studio that would be six months in Europe and six months in Asia, and and uh, and we slowly tried and find a way to 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 construct this dream and making become a reality. So uh, after university, we actually moved to Shanghai uh, for a certain point. Han was there for 
many months. Uh, I was there for only four months. And, um, but, uh, of course, it was not uh, from the first beginning exactly what we dreamt about. Uh, the, the world was probably not ready for conceptual design at large at all these stages. And uh, so we, I think, was a dream that united us and uh, kept, kept us striving for many years to do what we wanted, uh, which is bring uh, lightness, humor, um, and poetry into the industry. And uh, eventually, the, the, we are seeing the results now. Yeah, I think that's so interesting. I mean, I only knew recently when I started kind of reading up for this interview. I mean, I have met Hun a number of times. Francesca, this is the first time we're chatting, but I always assumed that at one point you had been based in the same studio together. I think this idea of you both kind of being based on either side of the world almost um, as a deliberate choice is really fascinating. And I'm wondering, you know, how do you make that work? And do you think that having gone through that and practice your studio like that has helped you through this period of COVID where we, we're all now working remotely, essentially, you know, do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I mean, for sure, like, you know, moving everything to Zoom is, is actually baked in for us, actually native for us, because we've been always been using Skype since its first versions. And now we are using still Skype. Yeah, we're still using Skype. And, uh, <laughs> um, so, so, uh, I mean, I guess, luckily, Fra is not based in America. I think that would be very, very difficult to run a studio that way, twelve hours apart or even more sometimes if if you're on the on the other coast. Um yeah, so so um I I, I think the, the main effect of COVID on us is just that we are not able to meet up physically. Because normally we would spend time with each other either in, in, in Europe or in, in Asia. Uh, especially centered around the, the Milan Design Week, right? So now that's cancelled, and so it's. I, I would say that is one of the toughest uh, effects that that we are feeling at the moment, and and, and also that like right, right right now Singapore is, is on a lockdown as well. Can't really travel. Um, it's also you can't really visit the factories like like I used to. Uh, I, I think for Francesca is a bit is a bit uh, easier because it's it's kind of open. So I mean that has taken its toll on on you know just going out there and like feeling the materials and talking to suppliers and vendors and and you know just being in atmosphere of the of the fabrication of of, of things. Uh, yeah. So so that that has taken its its effect. Yeah. Mm. Would you like to add anything to that, Francesca? Yeah. So probably we were uh, sort of COVID ready, but uh, but we didn't expect it. How important it's actually to to be able to go out and meet, uh, to go out and travel. And uh, me and Han, we were used to you know uh, sometimes meet in United States or or in Hong Kong or in Indonesia for work. And uh, for sure, we're missing that. We are missing getting to meet our clients and and. Uh, touch things with our hands so yeah as all of us we 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 are suffering for that mm. yes it's certainly been a trying time um i wanted to ask you also about your um 
Well, I guess the, the geographic separation, but also, you know, where that stems from, obviously having grown up in Italy and Singapore, which are quite different, although I would sort of posit to say that Italian and Chinese culture are quite <laughs> similar in some ways with a very strong focus on food and family. I don't know what you think about that, but, you know, different upbringings, different cultures, different locations and climates and influences. Um, you know, how much of, of that sort of dynamism do you think is part of your process and how you approach work? Is it a fundamental part of the two of you coming together as a studio? Definitely when we get to know each other, uh, like the thing that was probably more surprising and striking were what we had in common instead of uh, the differences between cultures and values and, uh, as you said, feminine food. That's uh, probably <laughs> what brought us together at first. And still, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm dreaming of uh, cooking together a, a lovely dinner yeah. with Han and Olivia and, and my husband. And um, so uh, we grew up with the, with, with the same, watching the same cartoons, you know, and, and, uh, and sort of... Uh, Maybe the culture back then was even uh, in, back in our childhood was even closer uh, than than what it's it's now. Yeah, I mean the the food thing is this was was really really apparent, especially when we were living in a you know food culture such as the Dutch. And I think it's also the practice of design, isn't it? Like like you know um, the common denominator that we share is like always being looking towards the future, how to how to um, have a kind of uh, egalitarian um, view on, on, you know, how everyone deserves to be treated in a similar way regardless of culture, or, or how diversity actually brings uh, richness, you know, instead of, uh, instead of um, separation and, and, and um, boundaries, right? And I, I think that is something that, that both of us kind of gravitate towards, this, this worldview of, of multi, multicultural... Um, um uh hybridization you know you 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 need you you need all points of view you need all kinds of cultural references to have a successful impact to, towards different societies right um and, and we see that now right we see that we see that now we see that in, in society now where everyone can get crazy over a korean netflix <laughs> program so <laughs> right and and everyone gets uh, in a way uh, affected by TikToks from China and the Chinese get affected by the TikToks in Africa. You know, it's, it's a huge, huge blend and, and we're happy to see this world kind of blending in this sense. And, and so I, I think it's, it's not so much per se that like we want to be the flag bearers of our, of, of our, we don't want to be the flag bearers of our respective culture, but it's more like, where do we want to take what we have forward I, I i think that that when it's when you when you face your your philosophy your creative philosophy that way then then obviously you welcome diversity you well you, you you welcome new inputs you welcome uh, uh new ways of, of of thinking and looking at things mm. well just to dig a bit deeper into your creative philosophy you know um your work seems to 
have no real sort of defined aesthetic or a philosophical agenda from what I can tell. It sort of seems to range from the place play, playful to the useful, practical to artisanal, tactile to quite cerebral. And I, I wonder if you would agree with any of those descriptions or how would you describe for us what you know your work is and how what your approach is and your philosophy in a way you 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 described it well because it's uh, it's uh, all driven by the process it's uh, it's driven by the clients we work with uh, it's driven by the final customer and um, we don't have uh, a signature as per a shape we want to give to the final object. We usually start our design journey with, without even knowing which archetype, which product we, we are going to end up with. Um, there's for sure a common fil rouge. There's uh, the, the urge to tell stories, to, to design rituals that are human-centric. Um, our projects are all deeply human. They are texturized. They are they they make use the best use of of the craft, uh, and they they try to inject a bit of poetry and storytelling in 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 everyday life. Just add on as well. I, I think I mean at at the same time we are designers. At the same time we are also like really really curious individuals, you know, working together. So. You know, like you do see the the the, um, the diversity of of our portfolio and and the work that's being put out, right? So, um, I think maybe that's something from Design Academy, perhaps. You know, where where it's not so much about the 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 dictated final format or or, or vessel of the solution, but but rather like which vessel or which format is the best for the solution you know so so then the solution could be almost anything right it could be an, could be could be a table could be a chair it could be a publication it could be you know it depends it depends on the on the context right so so i i think we we, we operate that way you know and and also like the latest thing that we are that we've launched uh, recently was was our our first nft right and uh, oh. like 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 even even that, you know, from very physical systems design, industrial design, conceptual design, it actually still makes sense as, as part of, of, of our of our of our body of work, you know, because it's still about telling a story, it's still about questioning like, okay, so if we take away materi- materiality and just pure digital, you know, then then what is really being generated, manifested, or uh, articulated, uh, uh, valued by the by the user and who is the user, right? So then it becomes quite like a like a like a like a like a puzzle to kind of design, but also to to solve. And and I think that that intellectually rather excites us. Yeah, I I did see that, and I feel like a conversation about that could last several hours. It's um, a bit of a rabbit hole that we could get lost down, and I would love to chat to you about that perhaps another time, but. I think maybe before we wrap up, I would love to hear about if there's anything that you're currently working on that you're allowed to talk about and if you're participating in Milan next year and if we can look forward to seeing you there. Maybe regarding Milan, it's still too early to say what we're going to show, but for sure we're going to be there. 
um, we're going to be there both with, uh, with companies we already collaborated with uh, and with new collaborations, uh, with more product-based uh, projects as well, with more, um, let's say, conceptual and artistic ones. So, yes, uh, <laughs> we can't wait for a meeting again in Milano in April. And uh, there's a lot of exciting uh, things that are going to happen in the next month. So, months. And would you like to, to expand a bit more on NFTs? Or yeah, yeah, sure. Um, so, 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 we just collaborated with, uh, with Vogue uh, Singapore to uh, come up to be as part of their Vogue NFT collection. So, uh, middle of November next month, mm-hmm. we are. We are minting and launching it on OpenSea, right? So uh, we, we designed a, a vase, which is made out of um, virtual flowers, right? That bloom and mm. then bloom and then the petals would fly away, being blown away by digital wind in a, in a kind of a fantastical desert landscape. And then uh, it fades to black because the sun has set and then the sun rises again and the flowers start to bloom again. and it, goes on for infinity right so um yeah that's, that's something really interesting for us because because you have to design around the narrative i mean we, we design for for example like for for for, for um shopping windows for ms right and and that really takes storytelling more towards of a communication and and a, and a more of a viewing so we, we also had to understand like how do people consume um, a digital product, right? Um, through their mm. phones or laptops, or iPads, right? So, so that was a consideration, and 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 why we chose the vase was because um, a vase is a symbol of is a snapshot is a snapshot of a culture's um, status quo in terms of technology, in terms of uh, consumerism, in terms of um, what symbols were important to that culture then. Then, so if you look back at, at the Etruscan vases, right? The Greeks. If you look back at the Tang vases, the Ming vases, right? So these are all things that they were like, like, like really uh, um, uh, um, spoke about a cross section of culture, technology, and, and and craftsmanship. So now we have all these wonderful digital tools, right? Uh, free software, even, right? And 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 so what do you want to do with with it, right? So. Vase was how we anchored the story around it, and and they will be sold in a in a numbered edition, right? And that's something mm-hmm. fantastical for us as well, you know. Like like, uh, how do you even start begin to price these things? And and it's super interesting and on, 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 as to how, how how the NFT economy works and how we can get royalties that can be tracked because everything's recorded on the blockchain, and it can be sold for more. I don't know. Hopefully, much more down down the line, so that we can get the royalties, and and, and that's really really interesting uh, uh, effect of this technology on the design industry, which sometimes can be a bit not so transparent. Um, but in this case, in this NFT world, everything is transparent, and and you can see who bought it for how much before you, and all the buyers, and so and so forth, right? So so it's really quite exciting when when there's all this kind of. Um, layers of meaning and not only meaning but also access that you're you're able to grant through the nft uh in perpetuity right and and that's something that kind of um 
kind of uh, shakes our core of what it means to be a designer and to design meaningful things. Mm. Yeah, I have to admit, it's. I sort of feel like it's a whole other universe that I'm not sure that I've kind of grasped yet. <laughs> but it's it's incredibly fascinating, and I'm I'm glad that you just kind of gave us a very quick um, crash course in that. Um, is it something that you think the two of you will do more of in the future? I think we are all gonna move more to the, into digital. So. If, if, if you think what was back five years ago looking for a, for a product design studio, you would only find people uh, designing furniture. And today, product design studios are mostly about creating digital products. And that's already saying a lot about uh, how probably our practice is going to evolve uh, into maybe a mix. I don't think we will lose the, the, the materiality ever because we are bounded by our bodies. but uh, for sure, the, the the digital world is something we cannot <clears throat> we cannot avoid to to look at and to learn about and to to be there at the right moment and the right at the sweet in a sweet spot. <laughs> mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, as 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 to what I said earlier, I mean, both of us are explorers and truth seekers, right? And 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 obviously, NFTs and crypto and blockchains this this is the new frontier where 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 anyone who's anyone can actually do something in there with almost zero gatekeepers you know and and it's and that's quite exciting right so so it's kind of like a wild west kind of, kind of situation and for sure we need to be there and i mean if, if you think about about the future if you think about how the future is represented in movies right i mean we don't even have to look far and just look at iron man and how his heads up display in his helmet right i mean that that's mm. coming so so obviously it's very apparent that mixed reality is coming coming augmented reality is coming so and and we have a whole generation of kids who are going to be the consumers of the future they are so used to to, to, to in-game purchases and and virtual scenarios and they all hang out online in discord or in minecraft or, or in, in the various uh, multiplayer games that you have right so this whole entire market right are craving for for things that are not physical anymore like like for for a lot of them uh, a, a fancy car or a watch or a nice house is is, is very uh cheesy right to, to them to have a have to have a crypto punk nft or to have a bot ape yacht club um nft as your twitter avatar is is much 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 cooler than having the latest lamborghini for example so it's 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 the right things in the wind <laughs> the right things yeah. in the wind so so yeah so it's it's fun you know i mean i i, I don't think we feel threatened but but but, but rather that that there's a lot of people in the, in the virtual realm that does not have uh, physical design uh, sensibilities. And if the virtual realm is to become the next reality, then obviously our skill set would be, would be a, a good thing to have, you know, and, and we bring something different as opposed that if, if you were like an animator background or if you were a graphic design background, right? Th those things pop over easily, but industrial design moving to digital, whoa, that's, that's, something, that's something interesting for us. Yeah, yeah, it certainly is. 
Well, thank you so much. That was so fascinating. Um, yeah, I feel like we could we could chat about this for hours and I probably wouldn't understand it any more than what I did when we started, but it's, um, it's definitely very interesting. Um, we are certainly living in the future or we will be very soon. So thank you both for your time. It's been a real pleasure chatting and I hope that I'll get a chance to meet you, Francesca, sometime soon in Italy. And Han, I should be back in Singapore soon. So hopefully we can catch up then. Thank you for having Thanks. us. Thank you. Thanks, Susie. Have a lovely Thanks. day.